Blog Talk Radio. Glamour Fearless, Tidy's Late Night. Incredible music, including music by Sarah Bareilles, Fantasia, 
Uh, Nina Simone, one of your favorites, Doris Day, Barbara Streisand, John Legend, uh, the list goes on, Elisa Stanfield. I mean, what was your favorite show and what was your favorite artist that we showcased this year? Okay, so I'm going to cheat. I actually have two favorite shows, and I can't decide which one is my most favorite, so I'm going to cheat and pick two. Um, I think the murder mystery has to be one of the two because it was just so different and I had such a wonderful time with the sound effects and all the silliness that we did. And also there was a message behind it, which was, um, I think, really, um, you know, important. And I think it came across really well. But my other favorite show is the person that you just mentioned, which was Nina Simone. I just love Nina Simone. And I remember her from when I was a teenager growing up. And she was always a role model for me. And um, I loved her music, and I still do. And she was all about, you know, fighting for what's right and fighting for yourself and standing up for yourself. And I think that's really important, too, when it comes to diabetes care. So those are my two favorites from this year. Okay, well, before I announce mine, I should tell everybody, hey, if you have a favorite artist, musical artist that you want us to showcase, go to our Divabetic Facebook fan or group pages and type it in because I'm always taking your suggestions. My two of my favorites were we've never showcased this genre before. It was country music. We did Miranda Lambert. She's up for a lot of Grammys. I really enjoyed that show in August. I can't say the murder mystery show because you said it, which was in September. Um, but I will say that I loved our July show, which was the uh, reversing diabetes. We took on that topic, and then we reversed the entire show. It was Mm -hmm. just a lot of fun, but it was a lot of fun to take on that topic. It's something I've never talked about before, and I think one of the things that I really enjoyed about this year, thanks to your involvement and the involvement of people like our guests coming up, Susan Weiner, Dr. Bev, Patricia Addy Gentle, Neva White, who's been on the show many times, and Mama Rosemary, you know, we've been able to take on more challenging topics and, and approach it from all sides and try to give our listeners more information about it as well as share some compassion along the way for just the challenges of living every day with diabetes. Um, so, you know, being able to talk about reversing diabetes and break down that terminology and, and get to the get people's opinions on it was really important to me. So I think July is a standout for me. But I don't know. There's so many. Tonight might be the best podcast. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that because I was just going to say that too because I'm a big Anthony Hamilton fan. In fact, Anthony Hamilton is the ringtone on my phone. So, so this may trump all the other two as my absolute favorite, but it hasn't happened yet. So, um, talk to me tomorrow. I'll tell you. <laughs> Well, and for those who don't know, Anthony Hamilton's been around for quite a while. He's a Grammy Award-winning singer mm-hmm. as well as songwriter and producer. And you could go back into his catalog and just pull out so many wonderful gems. Uh, tonight we'll be showcasing the whole holiday album. You've done something really wonderful, though. You've tried to encapsulate all our shows into one poem to help give some inspiration to people for the holiday season. I don't know how you do it, Lorraine. Everyone always emails me and asks, does Lorraine, how long does it like Take Lorraine to work through the process of writing a poem. Share that before you share the poem. Okay, well, uh, you know this, but uh, probably nobody else knows it. I actually do it the day before or maybe two days before because um, I I think I work best at the last minute. And I'm I'm just lucky. I sit down with a theme and I sit down with the idea that you give me. And um, I usually can can do it in about 15 or 20 minutes. So, uh I guess I'm just lucky that way. But this this month's poem is um, a, is a combination of everything that you did for the last 12 months. And I called it the 12 Divas of the Holidays, 2014. Our braveness showed amid the snow in January's days. And Sarah Barrielis brought us happiness and praise. In February, we discussed how not to label things. Fantasia's music filled the air and gave our spirit wings. Sometimes life can throw us curves and threaten our self-worth, but March gave us the sapphires with models of rebirth. My favorite radical, Nina Simone, was all about the fight. Her April's jazzy vocals did fill us with much delight. And then in May, Doris Day did prove her unconditional being. She gave us strength to recognize the things we weren't seeing. 
A legend was and legend is the John of the same name. In June's fierce heat, he told us how to win at our own game. We looked back at the life we've lived, the things that went awry. But Lisa Stansfield's message was reversal in July. Miranda Lambert's platinum. She's like a shooting star. In August, we did celebrate how precious we all are. September's game was mystery and mayhem, to be sure. Pink Panther's message was to be more trusting and secure. Lisa, Lisa, cult jam too. With anger, we did deal. And in October, we all learned it's okay to feel. Barbara Streisand, what a voice and what a partner, too. Our friends and healthcare partnerships were in November true. And now the holidays approach, December's faith and hope. Religions, cultures, and beliefs, they give us strength to cope. Kwanzaa celebrates the fruits, a banquet from the earth. Hanukkah's the feast of lights, and Christmas signals birth. We flavor life with seasonings, Add flavor to the fun. And so December's diva is Anthony Hamilton. A joyous time to everyone. May you be energetic. Let's join together, one and all. Let's all stay diva-betic. Wow, Lorraine. I mean, seriously, a one day it took you to do that? It's. I don't even want to think about that. It's just incredible. <laughs> That, I don't know. I'm listening to it. And I, I had like tears in my eyes because I couldn't imagine that you were able to take everything we did and put it into one beautiful poem with a rhyme scheme. I'm just kind of like, I, I, the biggest present or one of the one, most wonderful presents has been having you on the show participating each month and empowering people with your poems and your frankness and just the conversation. And I just cannot imagine going through the holiday season and not honoring the gift you give us and all the listeners every month. Thank you so much for always being on the show and always giving it your all and always turning out something extraordinary like that poem tonight that people could really see the depth of the topics we go into, the celebration of life that we bring to the table, and just, you know, our glam more fearless attitude. Well, thank you, Max. Thank you for those kind words. You're 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 bringing you're bringing tears to my eyes. But really, it's it's it's. I'm going to give it back to you. It's really you, who you know always come up with the concept and always come up with the ideas. And uh, you know, you push us or you push me, and I'm sure the rest of of your guests will say the same thing. You you you, you know, you inspire us to be better and to think about things and to um to you know to reach inside and and not just look at what's on the surface. So I thank you for giving me the opportunity to do that and um, for giving me a voice, and I'm, I'm glad that I can help. And also to help other people, you know, who, who live with diabetes, it's important that we all talk about it, and you've approached some subjects that were a little difficult to talk about, and so I appreciate you giving us the voice to, to be able to do that. Thank you. Well, thank you, and this one's for you. We're going to play another song from Anthony Hamilton's new album, Home for the Holidays, courtesy of Sony Music. Here we go. What do the do? everybody. You're listening to Diabetes Late Night. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Medic. Hey, the number one topic all year long for me has been sexual dysfunction uh, related to diabetes. I know you're probably scratching your head. My mom's horrified that I just said that, but we have been talking about it all year long with our Don't Let Diabetes Kill Romance. We talk to best-selling romance writers about their work and help apply it to our lives, helping to raise the conversation around sexual sexual wellness and health and diabetes. So I'm so pleased to have our next guest joining me. She's going to help us spice up your love life during the holiday season, and we're going to talk about her newest book, Wrapped in Shadows. Please welcome author Lisa Eugene. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Hi, Max. How are you? I'm so happy to be here. Happy holidays. 
it just got a little warm in here because I just put down my copy of Wrapped in the Shadows, and uh, <laughs> I have to tell you, it's it's quite a. Uh, I was reading it on the subway in New York, and I was oh blushing my goodness. a couple times. I was going to say you must have been blushing. It's pretty hot. It's very hot. Now you're you actually have a very interesting story about how you came into writing romance novels. You were you're a registered nurse. You worked in the medical field for years, and you kind of mm-hmm. changed directions and started what, what changed directions and started getting into writing. What did, what made you want to do that? Well, you know, I have been a registered nurse for a long time. I'm actually a nurse practitioner in adult health, and currently I work at an OBGYN office, and I've been there for about ten years. And, you know, every day I talk to women and I hear about um, certain issues that they're going through, and we always try to think of ways that we can um, help increase their, their, their sexual drive and things to spice up their lives and, uh, you know, and ways to help um, increase their sexuality. And um, I found out that a lot of my patients, they love reading romance novels. They love Fifty Shades of Grey, and that kind of created a boom where, you know, patients were talking about sex more and about what they liked and what they preferred, and they were a little bit, they were a lot more open about it, and um, that kind of just gave me, you know, the impetus. I've always loved writing, and I thought, you know, this is a great way to uh, delve into human sexuality, write steamy novels, and um, you know, give women kind of, you know, an outlet, but um, also a way uh, it's entertainment. But it's also, um, you know, it's also knowledge. You also learn things. You also learn about yourself and your own sexuality. And um, a lot of my romances started off being medical, but then I, I delved into uh, more thrillers and suspense. And it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's wonderful. You can use it as a teaching tool. Um, it's just a great way for women to explore their sexuality is by reading romance novels. So really kind of applying, you know, talking to them in terms of a storyline and characters kind of gets people to open up about their own issues or maybe even insecurities and, and kind of has a better, creates a better discussion, you're saying, even in the, in the um, paper? Oh, it room? does. It, it definitely does. You know, a lot, romance novels have changed a lot. Um, they're, not the, they're not necessarily the traditional romances where everything is happy and great and wonderful, and they're a little bit more sexy now. So, you know, women are reading this and they're saying, wow, you know, this is great. I'd love to try this. Why don't I talk to my partner about this? And then when I see them in the office, that, that translates over to things that they can do in the bedroom to spice things up, something that they've read in a romance novel. So, like I said, that's given me some great ideas, and um, I've, I've learned that it really can help women think of ideas to help them in the bedroom, to explore their relationship a little bit deeper, and also explore their own sexuality as well. Okay, well, now let's get right into Wrapped in the Shadows because our main character, Catherine Vanderkamp, I love that, Mm -hmm. um, actually goes to a sex club. Yes. And she is in complete darkness, and a man (laughs) joins her. Right. <laughs> and they they have like a very uh wonderful evening. I mean it's it's uh I don't even know how you came up with the descriptions. I was I have to tell you, I was kinda of blushing as I was turning the pages to the first imagine, sexual encounter. I can imagine. Yeah. And then they yeah. have their sexual encounter and it it goes I would say pretty well. I think most of us would enjoy an encounter like that. And then <laughs> as you read through the book, uh, you find out that they, they didn't know each other. We don't want to give it away, but they don't know each other on the first encounter. They've never met and they can't even see each other. And then ultimately, right. you know, New York City is a very small town. It is kind of funny that they would meet again through other circumstances, right. obviously. But it, it, it was a, what was the inspiration for it? It's a, it's a fun read, I think. I enjoyed it. Um, you know what? I love reading mystery and suspense novels, and I love romance. I love steamy romances. So um, the inspiration for that was really I wanted to combine the two. I wanted to um, take a situation where a lot of women may be familiar with. Catherine actually finds her fiancé with another woman, and she's so distraught that, you know, she's very upset. She goes to a sex club for the first time. I mean, she is, she's a liberated woman, but she's never done anything like this in her life. So she steps out of the box. She steps out of her comfort zone. She goes to a sex club with her best friend, and there she has the most amazing experience of her entire life. Now, like I said, I love this book. I call it my all-in-one book because it's got the steamy romance. It's got the heart-pounding mystery. It's got the suspense. And, uh, you know, it, it, it really comes from everyday life. A woman could see this happening where she's so upset with her boyfriend that she, you know, she goes out, she has a one-night 
thrill. She has um, an adventure, so to speak. And, uh, you know, what unfolds in the book, it, it's, it's a mystery. It just has everything in it. And um, the inspiration for that was because I like to write the books that I like to read. And a lot of books I read, I love rom- I love suspense thrillers, but sometimes it's lacking on the romance part. And I also love romance, but sometimes I can find that they're a little bit um, too much of a fantasy and not based in everyday in the everyday world. So my my inspiration for that was really I just wanted to combine the two, have a really fun, sexy read, and something that women could relate to, and also something that's very current and pertinent for today because. You know, not that every woman goes to sex clubs, but you know, it's it's a fantasy, and um, and women like to explore their sexuality. So that's that's something that's just a fun and interesting thing. And of course, you know, we're encouraging everyone to be safe about that too. I, you know, I want to oh, make sure that you know you should definitely if you're going to take on something like that. Uh, safety first is so important. All right, so you absolutely. know, that's me. Catherine, you know, she's on a treadmill at one point, or a Stairmaster, and, you know, five minutes later, she's in the throes of passion. Not all of (laughs) us are like that, Lisa. So you agreed to kind of give some tips to help people spice up their love lives during the holiday season. You heard um, Anthony Hamilton just thinking about what do the lonely do for the holidays. So I'm kind of curious to hear some of your spicy ideas, some of your ideas about how to spice up your love life. Oh, my goodness. There's so, so many things. And, um, you know, it's important not just really to do it for the holidays, but all year round. And especially with the topic of diabetes where um, there's decreased sexual desire, decreased lubrication, you definitely want to keep things interesting and keep things, you know, keep things rolling along. Um, one tip is naughty notes. I love the idea of naughty notes. As the holiday approaches, we focus so much on other people that we don't focus on ourselves, and we kind of lose uh, sight of the relationship um, in a couple. So um, one thing to do is pick a night that you will have that you plan a sexual encounter, a romantic evening, and leading up to that night, leave naughty notes. Um, it could be post-its. It could be naughty text saying what you're going to do on that night, things that you plan, what you're going to wear or maybe not wear, and just kind of um, build in anticipation for that night. Um, you can build the, the, the excitement, and it could really make that event super special when it actually happens. But sometimes the anticipation of it, the excitement of it can really, you know, can really rev it up and really make that encounter in itself even more special. So, um, you know, that, that's uh, one thing that I would definitely suggest. And, it's, you know, it's a great surprise. It's a great surprise to get a note from your partner. Oh, you know, I'm thinking about you. I can't wait until tomorrow night. You know, I'm going to wear something special. That's always a fun thing. Um, that I would it. definitely recommend. There's also um, changing locations. Also, as the holiday approaches, you know, we're so busy. The house is a mess usually because there's gifts or toys or things all over the place. But um, just changing a location. Avoid the bed. Forget the bed, say, for one week. And, um, you know, I love my bed. I love it's very comfortable. I just it's got the right firmness. It's, the closet. Yeah, yeah, the sheets feel good. But you know what? If you do it in the bed all the time, it can become a little bit boring. So spice it up a little bit. Change, change location, maybe on the stairs, in the shower, on the floor. Sometimes outside also can be very, or very a hotel, exciting. Right? Buy a night at a or hotel even a hotel, room. yeah. Absolutely. Every Plan a night in a hotel. Day. I love yep, that. Next okay, next. let me give you I'm gonna see that the drum roll and we'll get ready for number three. <laughs> okay. Author Lisa oh, Eugene's okay. number one tip for spicing up your love life during the holidays is Okay, give a sensual gift. Believe me, your partner will definitely enjoy it. Now, you know what your partner likes sexually. You know their erogenous zones, and you know how to arouse them. Instead of giving a physical gift, give your partner something that he or she really, really enjoys. And, you you know, that gift can focus on delivering pleasure. You can use different tools. You can use different props. Your mouth, your tongue, touch is a wonderful, wonderful tool. And believe me, this is a gift that I think both of you will enjoy. It won't be just for your partner. I think it's fabulous. I love that idea. Massage, so many more things than massage. So that's Something, yeah, absolutely. Massage, touch is wonderful, and, absolutely. And why not, Lisa Eugene, we should tell everyone, you can check out your website. It's com. You've got a lot of books mm-hmm. available, but the new one right now is Wrapped in Shadows. I'm so glad you were able to join us. Why not take all three of those tips, listeners, and combine them 
with Anthony, a, a soundtrack of Anthony Hamilton's favorite songs, including some of these songs from Home from the Holidays. Let's take a listen to another song. Thanks for being a part of the show, Lisa.
I've heard things like, uh, oh, your blood sugar is low. You need to take some insulin. Not not very helpful advice, okay? Right. So one of the things that, uh, you know, I have always been is uh, official or, or now unofficial or certified is a diabetes educator, and, and I feel that's an important part of um, it's not what we ask for, but it's kind of thrust upon us um, to help people around us understand more about diabetes. And you can pepper the conversation with uh, tidbits about education. And uh, with um, holiday meals, uh, I'm going to say that um, instead of having to ask for help, you can offer to help. And um, I think that um, instead of kind of leaving it up to luck, you can offer to bring diabetes-friendly foods. Now, when I say diabetes-friendly, I have another word for that, healthy, okay, because there's nothing different from diabetes-friendly and healthy. So um, you can... You can offer to bring some veggie platters, or you can bring some diet soda. You can bring some um, healthier choice desserts. I'll just share with you for Thanksgiving, uh, no pies were in my future. I actually made baked pears, which were delicious, and I found a recipe online with no sugar added. And uh, it uh, it fit the bill for dessert and uh I didn't have to um I didn't have to feel uncomfortable. And um and the last thing is to be uh for a person with diabetes, you need to be assertive because there are a lot of diabetes police out there who do try to be well-meaning, but they need a little uh ed- education from us, and I think it's important to be assertive. When people are, let's say, pushing food, you need to be able to say, no, thank you. And um, it's important to always be polite, but always be direct. And for the diabetes police, with now uh, focusing on them, in order for them to now become a member of the diabetes support team, uh, they need to understand that they need to treat people with diabetes with respect the same respect that you would give a person without diabetes. You wouldn't make comments about food choices for somebody without diabetes. It's it's unnecessary to do that for somebody with diabetes. So I think uh, respect is an important part to show support rather than criticism. Nice. All right, I want to ask you a quick question because you mentioned it right at the top. Um, and we might have some listeners who've never tuned in before. Why wouldn't you give someone insulin who to, um, who had low blood sugar? You said that right at the top. <laughs> Not good, but I, you know, I just want to educate people who might be yes. tuning in for the very well, first insul- time. insulin is used to, uh, to insulin is produced in your body uh, as as a um, hormone to help reduce the sugar that's in your body, and sugar is a byproduct of the foods that you've eaten. And um, so uh, for a person... It's not going to raise your blood sugar, yeah. It's not going to raise your blood sugar at all. And if your blood sugar is low, insulin is the last thing that you need additionally. But somebody may not understand. They know the word insulin and they know the word diabetes, and that's what they think, (laughs) you know, your blood sugar is low. Great. Well, thank you for that. All right, Patricia, Addy Gentle, R.D., uh, I mean, RNCDE from Atlanta, Georgia. Why not give all the credentials tonight? We're, you know, when you think about the holidays, you think about the changing seasons. A lot of people love to tra- travel during the holidays to exotic locations. I know I'd love to go to Aruba. But traveling through different time zones can affect your diabetes. How how does that happen, and, and what can you do to avoid that? Well, Max, um, the travel in itself can be stressful. It can provoke a lot of different emotions and challenges. And so with this comes uh, variations in blood sugar and how to manage those blood sugars. You can have high sugars during stressful times. Although you are enjoying what you do, it's stress, it's rush, 
through multiple airports sometimes or the driving and the traffic or whatever route you take to get to your destination. Also, one of the things that you have to remember about time zones and medications, um, you need to make adjustments because wherever you end up, uh, maybe perhaps um, is your normal daytime, whereas you were in a place where it's, it's night and day or simultaneous. So it's a challenge with eating, um, changing eating habits, the timing of the meals, as well as catching up between those time zones. So prior to travel, it's important to be prepared and to speak with your physician or your diabetes educator to get a schedule of how to make those adjustments with medications. One of the little-known facts or a little thought about things that happens also when you're traveling from an area with a let's say like Miami, which is like sea level, and you're going to a place where the altitude is higher. Now, blood glucose monitors normally are um, use a chemical reaction that requires oxygen to measure blood sugar. So when you're in a higher altitude, you may find that your blood sugar measures a lot lower because there is less oxygen in the air. So if you get lower blood sugar readings, it's not always uh, a low reading, something that you need to react or respond, respond to. So prior to taking your trip, as I said before, be prepared. Call your meter company. There's an 800 toll-free number on, on each meter. You can find out um, how that company, um, um, how the measurement and the test strips are monitoring those blood sugars and how that may be affected by altitude. And they can give you some suggestions or they can give you uh, what variations to look for. All right. Well, great advice. Thank you so much, Patricia. And thanks for being a part of the show all year long. Love having you be a part of the Diabetes Late Night team. Back to you, Susan. Thanks for having me. Oh, what a pleasure. Uh, Susan, you know, seasonings, everyone's talking about cinnamon. I was blogging about this yesterday. Dr. Bev hit me back with an article. A lot of people, a lot of experts, a lot of websites are claiming that cinnamon can lower blood sugars and decrease insulin resistance. Is that true? Some of the studies have shown yes, and some of the studies have shown no. So I suggest that my patients use cinnamon not in a supplemental form, but to add it to some already healthy foods. If you're eating a nice if you're drinking a nice tea, put some cinnamon in it, and that may help you monitor your blood sugar and see if that does affect you. And you know what you can give is a great holiday gift because cinnamon and a number of other seasonings are just so healthy for all kinds of things, including lowering blood pressure and other comorbidities that might be associated with diabetes. Give a new seasoning and spice rack. Instead of bringing a whole bunch of cookies to someone who may not want the extra sugar and carbohydrates, how about offering a new seasoning rack that you can get in a number of different stores around the holidays? So I love that as a holiday idea. I love that too. Like maybe Dr. Bev could put some cinnamon on her baked pears next time or apples that she was making. But I want to talk about the cinnamon. I did. People hear this headline and they think, I can just ditch my medications now and start right. dumping cinnamon on top of everything, and voila, I no longer have diabetes, I have normal blood sugars. What do you say to that? Because I just feel sometimes people take this story and they just think, now I have found the cure, I never have to go back to the doctor. I'm so glad that you brought that up. So many headlines that we see in the paper are just the headlines, and that does not include the research of the study, the way that the study is conducted. And, and media sometimes blows something completely out of the water that doesn't even make sense to you as an individual. Cinnamon, magnesium, any other element, spice, or nutrient that you may be taking does not take the place of eating a healthy diet. And I love how Dr. Bev said that, that we don't have to say diabetes-friendly, we can just say healthy. That's very, very true. But eating, um, taking seasonings, spices, or any other supplement that, of course, should be approved by your health care provider um, or physician does not take the place 
of a healthy diet and physical activity, insulin if you are insulin requiring, and or oral medications. It just doesn't. Um, And especially true of a healthy diet, I have so many people coming into my office with a whole big bag of supplements, including cinnamon, and then when I take a nutritional history from them, they're eating very poorly. You can't eat cookies for breakfast and drink a big tall glass of orange juice and take a supplement of cinnamon and think that that is going to help your glucose go out of your bloodstream and into your cells. It just does not reduce it that way. And also remember that much of this research on cinnamon as well as another number of other supplements are done on mice and animals. There are not enough human trials to help us see if that always translates into us as people. So take it, excuse the expression, with a little tiny grain of salt and include it into your healthy food, as Max suggested, on baked apples or pears or in your tea or on maybe your Greek yogurt, would top it with cinnamon and some for high in magnesium. And then you're going to be getting the health benefits of everything all in one. And also, a lot of foods, magnesium, which we find, which can help reduce blood sugar risk in people with type 2 diabetes, is found in raw spinach and almonds, for example. Those are healthy foods, which are very high in fiber. Why not improve that part of your diet as well? So you're not only getting more magnesium, you're also getting fiber, vitamins, and nutrients at the same time. Wonder Twin Powers Activate. I love it. Great advice, Susan. you got to check out her website, everybody. She's got tons of it. And you're the AADE Educator of the Year 2015. I love that. Thank you so much for being a part of the show tonight. That was that was great. Now, Susan, guess what? We've got another Anthony Hamilton track coming up from his new album, Home for the Holidays, courtesy of Sony Music. Here we go, everybody. I'm so glad about the day. Here's a season. Hear the children while they play. Here's a season. I'm so glad that You're listening to Diabetes Late Night, and I'm your host, Mr. Diabetic. Hey, I love holiday music. All year I've been able to showcase some great music from Sony Music, and tonight we're showcasing Anthony Hamilton's new album, Home for the Holidays. I enjoyed the song as well as all the songs we've been playing all day long and on this podcast, and I encourage you to check out all the wonderful tunes at sonymusic.com because you can find some really classics from Mariah Carey, to Luther Mandross' Christmas album, I should mention, and even Kelly Clarkson. All right, well, now it's time to meet my next guest. Um, it's go- We're going to the dogs, everybody, because my next guest is a renowned medical detection animal specialist. Please welcome Debbie Kay. Hi, Thank Debbie. Thank you very much, Max. Yes, and holiday greetings to all of your, your listeners. Well, I am so thrilled to have you on because, you know, I was just at the ADA Expo in Pittsburgh, and there seems to be this kind of uh, trend going on where I see a lot of people with diabetes with animals these days. And actually, even on November's podcast, Terry Seidman, who's the assistant executive at the ADA Expo in Pittsburgh, talked about how she has a diabetes alert dog. So I'm thrilled to have you on the show and, and show to discuss this topic. Tell us a little bit about animal detection and how you even got involved in medical detection with animals and how you got involved in that. Well, I I started out in a family of of hunting hound dogs. So my dad had a kennel of hunting hounds and and, uh, I just grew up with dogs using their noses. So it seemed kind of natural that I followed their noses and uh, my career path just led me down the road where I started uh, doing more and more things uh, with the dogs, uh, man trailing, for example, with bloodhounds, and then search and rescue in the early days when it was first starting in this country. Uh, and I kept experimenting. I'm a scientist uh, at heart, a scientist by training, actually, as well, and uh, that curiosity has always uh, just got me asking, well, what else can we get these dogs to do? What what other secrets do they hold? And uh, kind of led me down that path where I got into more and more of the detection work. So uh, it's it's really been a fascinating career. Okay, so... 
I guess I have a couple of big questions for you. One is, can any dog be a uh, diabetes alert dog? Well, the answer is yes and no. Um, there, There is no limit as to the age or the breed of the dog that can be used as long as the dog has the capabilities. So I, I have to back up and explain that a little bit better. Uh, some of the dogs that have uh, pushed-up noses, we call those brachioencephalid breeds, uh, that would be like a bulldog uh, or a pug where they have the pushed-up nose. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of trouble breathing to begin with, so they might not be as good at it. doesn't mean that they couldn't do it or that they don't have a, a sensitive enough uh, sense of smell. It's just... They might have troubles uh, doing it on a reliable basis. So we tend not to use dogs like that for this kind of work. Uh, We also look for dogs that have a willingness to want to work for people. And not all dogs want to do that. So it's kind of like people. You know, you get out there and not everybody is uh, cut out to be a brain surgeon or an electronics uh, engineer or a a car mechanic. Uh, And same thing with the dogs. Not everyone is cut out to be a diabetes alert dog. Are more are there breeds that are more um, willing to be people helpers than other breeds? Like I think of Lassie and Benji, and you know, I mean, is a, a, a collie dog and a and a golden retriever or a lab more likely to be helpful in that in that regard? You'll you'll see more of those breeds. Um, myself, I've been selectively breeding Labrador retrievers as service dogs since 1969. Uh, my foundation dog was actually part of the breeding program for the Seeing Eye Incorporated. And so uh, I've selected those dogs specifically for the traits and qualities of working with people, and that does make a difference. Okay, so now do these dogs have to go through like a certified program? How do you know that your diabetes alert dog is, I mean, do I? can I do it at home? Can I train my own dog? Well, here, here's the thing. They're... <laughs> The whole deal about service dogs has not been regulated at all. So anyone in this country can, in fact, train their own service dog, and there's no law against doing that. Where the problem comes in is that there's different levels of competency in in the quality of the dog that's turned out. And without a specific program to guide people, you're going to have varying results. And when you're talking about a dog that you might be depending on to wake you up in the middle of a blood glucose low, for example, you want to make sure that that dog's going to be reliable. If you're taking a dog out into public, the public has the right to know that that service dog is, in fact, safe and under control when they're in public. So what we've tried to do, when I first started um, being approached by people to help them with with, uh, training their dogs, I found out that there was no regulation going on, and there was no even standard of training for the dogs. I mean, you look at the medical field, and everybody, your nurse educators, they all have standards of performance. They, They have to have a certain level of education, continuing education. They have to know certain things in order to put the letters behind their name. We don't have anything like that for for the dogs. And what we felt, um, a, a number of professionals and myself, when we got together, we said, well, you know, we should put out some kind of guidance there so that people who are either training their own dogs or people who are going out to another trainer at, or a business or even a, another uh, nonprofit organization and they're buying a, a dog from that organization, um, they would know that that dog met a minimum standard of performance. It was kind of like a good housekeeping seal of approval, if you will. But it gave it gave them a, an idea that they know, okay, this is what all the experts think a, a good dog should, should know in order to do this job. Well, there wasn't anything like that. So um, a group of us got together a couple years ago, and we formed the Diabetes Alert Dog Alliance. And the hope was, in establishing that nonprofit, to set up a national testing standard. We went to some experts up at the University of Pennsylvania who had drafted uh, testing standards for uh, other organizations such as the the Federal Search and Rescue Program and police organizations, and we asked them to help draft up a testing standard for the diabetes alert dogs, and I think they did a fabulous job. 
And so we now have that available uh, on the DiabetesAlertDogAlliance.com website, and uh, that will help people know that their dogs are meeting a, a minimum performance level. What website is that again, just so everyone knows? That's such important information. It's called the DiabetesAlertDogAlliance.com. Okay. And then you took it one step further, as I understand, and you wrote a book called The Super Snifter Drill Book, correct? Well, I've written several books. My Super Sniffer program was something that um, came – it was kind of an offshoot from when I was hired by the federal government as a contractor to help set up an explosives detection dog program. And it was very nice because I got to do a lot of research and train a lot of dogs and figure out a lot of the things that work in a program, both with the people and with the dogs, and what didn't work. And I took from that education and and those experiences, and I applied it towards the medical detection dogs because I've had more and more people over the years coming to me with medical problems saying, hey, can can our dog help? You know, we have a child that, that... Uh, maybe has a a glucagon storage disease, they might have diabetes, they might have other kinds of medical conditions, and we're worried at nighttime monitoring that child. We have all these things set up to monitor the child, but we're still worried we want one more thing, and this one more thing can be the dog. And the dog not only is another monitoring device, and and I want to to make it very, very clear to anybody listening, we never advocate that the dog replaces any kind of medical protocols. The dogs are just another tool. They never replace anything, though. But what, what happens with the dogs, especially with the children, is that the dogs allow the children to have a confidant, a best friend, somebody they could hug, somebody that doesn't care that they have a disease. They don't think of them that way. They just think of them as, hey, you're my best friend. I just want to snuggle up next to you. And they know when you don't feel well. And they they have an empathy that people sometimes don't have. And especially with the children, we're finding the dogs can do so many wonderful, wonderful things for them. And I'm sure you've seen these dogs change people's lives, and I'm sure people listening are now thinking, oh, maybe I should get a dog for the holidays for my child or my friend or loved one living with diabetes. It's not that, I know it's not that simple, but it, it does sound, from what I'm hearing, uh, that it's just so powerful. It's such a powerful, wonderful tool for people living with diabetes. Tell everyone about your website. Tell them about the book, and then... I just want to ask again, like, how do you, how would someone like begin the process of trying to get a diabetes alert dog? Well, I think the you have to do your homework as you do with anything. So go to the Diabetes Alert Dog Alliance website and start reading about it. And we list on there trainers and breeders who sell dogs uh, that we've we've met and we feel are ethical and honest and uphold uh, the same standards that the members of that. Diabetes Alert Dog Alliance um, hold, and uh, that's kind of your first step. Second step is you could go look at my website. It's debbyk.com, and I spell Debbie with a Y. Uh, so at debbyk.com, you can read about my Super Sniffer program. Uh, the books, uh, it's I have a book out. There's several other books out. Uh, on training diabetes alert dogs. There's a lot of trainers that offer uh, training classes. Uh, What I suggest to people is that you have to find what works best for you, what works in your own, you know, household, in your own uh, time frames. Uh, But anytime you get an animal, it's taking on another person, like, into your family. I mean, there's a huge responsibility that goes with that animal. Remember, they have to be walked and exercised. They have to be cared for. They have needs, too. So it's not just as easy as picking up a monitor that if you decide you don't like it, you can put it back on the shelf. You know, with a dog, you're taking on a commitment and a, and a responsibility. And we should tell everyone, you're, if they buy your book, you're donating some of the proceeds to the JDRF. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, we've been working very hard. Um, my 
my whole team has been working really hard coming up with ideas of how can we give back to the community, how could we get more information out to the community, uh, what can we do to help people uh, get dogs if, if, they, if, that's the right, if that's the right answer in their situation. And so we came up with the idea that uh, for now, uh, this month until the end of the month, uh, I will donate back half of the proceeds from the sale of my book, um, which is the Super Sniffer Handbook, How to Train a Medical Alert Detection Dog. Uh, I'll tr- donate that back to JDRF. And all you have to do when you go to my store site and order the book is write in the code JDRF uh, when it asks you at, uh, at checkout. And uh, right. that will tell me that uh, 50% then of those proceeds go back to our local JDRF chapter. And I'll post I'll post it on the blog later this week. Hey, Debbie, usually we play a game, but I want to tell you, you're a hero. I know you've been saving lives with your work, and I just think you're so amazing. I just want to honor your spirit. And I talked to my sponsors, so we're not going to play the game tonight. We're just going to celebrate you for who you are and how you've changed lives for people. I know you provided so much comfort and joy to people living with diabetes and their families. You're going to get a new natural gift basket for being fabulous, and it's going to be filled with diabetic-safe, low-glycemic, tooth-friendly sweeteners, a cabbage cheese gift basket filled with assorted delicious low-fat cheeses, Dr. Greenfield's Diabetes Lotions and Products, which are specifically oh designed for people with diabetes with sensitive and delicate skin, and from Spry Publishing, a prize giveaway, which is the premier publisher of health books and media delivering valuable content on a wide range of medical subjects, including the fabulous book by Susan Weiner, AADE, Educator of the Year 2015, people. It's a complete diabetes organizer. So thank you for being a part of the show. Thank you for all the work you do. And um, I just celebrate what you're doing. I think it's so great to hear someone as fabulous as you and what you're doing. And guess what? Thank You're you going to give so me much. one more diva in the night, everybody. She's Ooh. coming up. She is Mama Rosemary. Let's bring her on right now. Hello, Mama Rosemary. Good evening. What did you think of Debbie Kay? Pretty spectacular, I, right? I, I'm just amazed. I think it was absolutely wonderful. Um, congratulations on the work that you do, Debbie. Uh, it's just amazing. I'm sure you help a lot of people. And... Um, um, I just wish you the best. And what's your tip this month, Mom? Well, my tip this month is one of my favorite tips, so I will give it for for the tip for December, is to take time to reconnect with people. Reach out to old friends and coworkers as well, as older relatives who were in some way significant, but have shifted to secondary priority when other people and events come up. Is there a childhood friend or a neighbor or a teacher that has made an impact in your thinking? Now is the time to thank them. End of the year is a perfect time to reconnect and make plans for getting together in the early 2015. Happy holidays to all your divas. Ciao for now. Well, Mama Rosemary, you've certainly made an impact in my life. Patricia and Lorraine, you're you're on as well. You guys have you ladies have been a part of the show all year long. I wanted to celebrate everything you do to help lift spirits as well. Doctor Bev, you've done an amazing job with us. Susan Weiner, what an incredible presentation you gave at uh, the Diva Beta Club in in November. Lisa Eugene, I'm thinking about those naughty notes. And Debbie Kay, I celebrate your spirit. So. Uh, what do you all want to say before we close out the show? And I thank my listeners for tuning in once again to Diabetes Late Night. Well, I just this is Lorraine. I, I just want to say, uh, again, happy holidays to everyone and be safe. And uh, I'm, I'm very proud to be a part of your group, Max. Thank you, thank you again. All right, yes, Dr. Bev. I just want to thank you. Thank you yes. for everything that you do. This is Lisa Eugene. It really makes an impact. It really makes a difference. Education is the key, and I just applaud you and everything that you've done at the show. And this is Susan. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, just please keep doing what you're doing, Max, because I I totally agree. Education is the only way that we could help people. All right. Well, every diva has an entourage, and we're all glad to be part of yours. Let's stay happy and healthy together. Here's one more song by Anthony Hamilton. Enjoy the holidays, everybody.
bells will be ringing this sad, sad news. Oh, what a Christmas to have the blues. My baby's gone. I have no friend to wish me greeting. One Christmas, and if not Christmas, by New Year's night. 